0: All right, praises be to our loving Abba that we're able to gather once again to study his holy book. We're, of course, doing a whole series on the book of Revelation, and we are in Revelation chapter 9. We finished chapter 8 last week, and we're going to move to uh, the fifth trumpet. And before we go ahead and look at the fifth trumpet, just by way of review... Let's look at what we have uncovered so far, the trumpets in the book of Revelation. We know 1914 was trumpet number one, which was fulfilled in World War number one, 1939, trumpet number two, World War number two, and 1986, trumpet number three, the Chernobyl, which is also Wormwood, the explosion that took place. And the year 2000, trumpet number four, the global dimming that caused one third Of the visibility of the lights from the sun, the moon, and the stars. And so what we notice about these trumpet events is it corresponds to mankind's ability to destroy or harm the earth and each other. Look at the wars, look at the the atomic bomb that destroyed humanity, the wormwood explosion, global dimming, which was caused by human beings Uh, Destroying the atmosphere, destroying the environment. So, we can probably conclude that the next trumpet events will also involve destruction of the earth or mankind in general. So, we have trumpet five, trumpet six, trumpet seven. And if we follow the same pattern of the first four trumpets, we can be confident that these other trumpet events will result in a form of destruction of the people of the world and the world in general. And when we look at the seven trumpet events, when the whole world is going to be judged because the trumpet events is an expression of God's judgment. One of the ways by which Yahuwah God judges people is by allowing people to do whatever they want to do. When Yahuwah says, okay, you don't wanna to listen to me, you don't wanna glorify me as your God, then go ahead and have it your way, do whatever you want. And when people begin to act and behave and make decisions, Without consulting with, without acknowledging Yahuwah Abba, the result is destruction. They destroy each other and they destroy the earth. Beginning with trumpet five, however, this way of destruction towards the earth and humanity in general, is gonna be amplified somewhat because there's going to be something else that's going to be involved. We'll talk about that a little later on. But in general, the trumpet events represent destruction this is why when we read revelation 11 15 to 18 bible says those who are to be judged are those who destroy those or those who destroy the earth so they will be destroyed those who destroy the earth will be destroyed as a result of these events revealed in the trumpet so now let's go ahead and take a look at the fifth trumpet revelation 9 so we are now in chapter 9 can you believe that We're almost, we're about halfway done through the book of Revelation. Pretty soon we're going to complete our studies of the book of Revelation. We'll put together a timeline of events and we can look forward to what we can watch for that will prepare us, even excite us, because we know our King Yahusha is coming very soon. So let's take a look at Revelation 9, 1 down to 2. Then the fifth angel sounded. And I saw a star fall, fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. And so this is uh, the fifth uh, trumpet. The fifth angel sounded, which means, of course, the fifth trumpet has sounded. And when the fifth trumpet sounds, a star falls from heaven, and then he opens the bottomless pit, and there was smoke of great furnace that comes out of the pit, and it darkens uh, the air, the air. So that's nine one to two. What else will happen when the seven, the fifth trumpet is opened? Let's keep reading. Unlike the other trumpet events, uh, there's a lengthy description of this particular event. This is why uh, this might take more time in giving a proper explanation because more information is given to us by the holy bible more information is always a good thing it kind of helps us look at look at possibilities and options and rule out those that do not fit the biblical description so let's go ahead and look at what else is going to happen when the fifth angel the fifth trumpet is sounded three to six then out of the smoke locusts Came upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. And so part of the event that will take place when the fifth trumpet is blown is the appearance of locusts. And these locusts have the power to bring harm, to torment human beings. And human beings will want to die, but they, of course, will not die. And verses 7 to 10 describes the locusts that will provide this kind of torment upon human beings. The shape of the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold and their faces were like, <clears throat> were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with men horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions And there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. And so not only does the fifth trumpet event speak about locusts, these locusts were not the natural locusts that we see today. These locusts are different. Apostle John describes them as locusts because of its general appearance. However, he gives details of what they look like and what they do in seven down to ten. And after this, uh, 11 to 12, to finish the fifth trumpet event, this is what the Bible says. And they had as king over them, the angel of the bottom spit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek, he has the name Apollyon. One woe has passed, behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. And so that concludes Uh, The fifth trumpet event. Thank you so much for joining us in our Bible study. Just kidding. Uh, We're going to now go take a look at what possible events uh, Revelation 9 1 to 12 is actually describing and whether or not it actually already took place. So let's go back to Revelation 9 1 down to 2. And we'll go back, we'll go through this piece by piece 9 1 to 2. So then the fifth angel sounded. And I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. Now, in our previous studies, we talked about stars. And stars in prophecy can have different meanings, right? Oftentimes, star refers to the hosts of heaven. The hosts of heaven could refer to the angelic beings, celestial beings, from the heavenly realm. So perhaps in Revelation 9, 1 to 2, when Apostle John describes stars falling from heaven, it's referring to the demise or perhaps the release of a certain angel that fell from heaven, meaning this certain angel will have more influence upon the earth. Remember what we said when Jehovah judges his people, one of the things he does is say to them okay do it whatever you want to do have it your way another way is when yahuwah releases the boundaries when yahuwah decides no longer to limit the influence that these angelic these fallen angelic beings have upon earth so revelation 9 1 could be apostle john telling us there's this increasing influence of the star which has fallen, fallen stars in Revelation 12, three down to four, for example, is referred to the angels who were cast down with the devil. The devil is referred to as the dragon. He is the main leader, Shatan, and his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven, which are the angels who were cast down with him. And so this angel that will have increasing influence over the earth How is he described? That's when we go to 11 down to 12. And they had a king, and they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. And so he has the meaning of Abaddon and Apollyon. And we'll talk more about that later on. Let's go back to Revelation 9 to 2 and look at what's going to happen as indicative of his ongoing influence. So I believe Revelation 9, 1 to 2, when it says a star has fallen, this angel who is named Apollyon or Abaddon is going to have increasing influence over the earth and his increasing influence over the earth will have a beginning, an official beginning, which is a physical manifestation of some kind on earth. Because when you look at the trumpet events, it always corresponds with a physical Manifestation, right? And so the same thing can be said about the fifth trumpet. It has a spiritual component, which is more influence given to Apollyon, Abaddon, and it will begin with a physical manifestation on earth. And this is what is being talked about in verse two. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit, and he opened the bottomless pit. So as a way of maybe we if we can call it inauguration, or maybe an official start to his um, increasing influence over the earth, something happens to the bottomless pit. Now, let's take a look at that phrase, bottomless pit. What is that? What does that mean? When we go to the Blue Letter Bible and look at bottomless, right? This is the bottomless pit. On the left, you can see the English. On the right, you can see the Greek. Bottomless is the Greek word 12, Greek 12, abysos, And abyssos happens to be a compound word, which is alpha, the first letter of the Greek alphabet. And also the word bethos, the word bethos means the bottom or depth of the sea. So the depth of the sea or the bottom of the sea, that is the bottomless, part of the bottomless pit. Now what does pit mean? It's the Greek word 5421, frear, which means a well, Strong's definition says a hole in the ground, a cistern or well. And so when we look at Revelation 9, 1 to 2, when it says he opened the bottomless pit, we can read it this way. The bottomless pit is the well of the very deep sea. And so because it has the definite article, it's a specific deep sea and a specific well, something's going to happen. And because something's going to happen, it's going to be opened up, what will be the result? Well, it says, and he opened the bottomless pit, the, deep wo- the well in the deep sea, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace, so that the sun and the air were darkened. And so there's an event that happened which started from the bottom of the sea, a well or a cistern and out of it smoke arose and it began to darken the air because the smoke began to rise and it was not controlled uh, uh, quickly. And so it produced um, this kind of darkening effect. And so when we look at history, is there something that happened in history after the year 2000, which fits this description and the other descriptions given by the book of Revelation. So we want to present to you this historical event. And this took place in the Gulf of Mexico at the deep water horizon, which was an oil rig. They were digging deep into the sea to get oil. The oil rig was drilling a well at a water depth of 5,000 feet. So it's very deep, the Gulf of Mexico. And it's it's about a mile deep when it caught fire on April 20, 2010, about 2010. The flame continued burning for over one full day and was quelled on April 22nd. The Coast Guard stated on CNN that the rig has gone under the water at approximately 10.21 a.m. on April 22, 2010. And ten. So there was this event, this accident, that took place uh, April 20, uh, 2010 at Deepwater Horizon. This was a from BP, and what they were doing was digging for oil, and so they had wells. Something happened to the well. It blew up. There was flames, and this took place April 20, 2010. This is a picture of how it looked like when this event took place. It, was, it captured the attention of people all over the world, because according to history, this was one of the most, uh, this was one of the greatest, the largest oil spill ever reported in U.S. history. It's one of the greatest uh, human destruction of the environment that has ever taken place. On April 20, uh, 2010, BP's Mobile Offshore Drilling Unit, Deepwater Horizon, exploded, burned, and subsequently sank in the Gulf of Mexico, 52 miles southeast of Venice, Louisiana. 11 of the 126 workers on the rig were killed. And over the following 87 days, an estimated 3.19 million million barrels of oil spilled into the Gulf, 4.0 million Barrels minus 810,000 barrels of collective oil. This was the largest oil spill ever reported in US history. In comparison, the Exxon Valdez uh, tanker spilled approximately 257,000 barrels of crude oil into the Prince William Sound, Alaska in 1989. So the Exxon Valdez, it spilled about 257,000 barrels but the one in Deepwater Horizon, it was 3.19 million barrels, so it was considerably uh, larger than the one at Exxon Valdez. And according to those who researched the event, what caused the, the damage and was not just the explosion itself, but what's what they did to control. The, uh, the oil to control the explosion. And according to this, um, the, this book, The Apocalyptic Timeline, uh, Deepwater Horizon Spill, April 20, 2010, the oil rig explosion in the Gulf of Mexico itself was a disaster. But what made the incident even more devastating were the dispersants, Corexic 9527, and Corexic 9500 that were sprayed to break up the oil because oil and water don't mix right? So you had to do something with the oil so that it, it causes it to disperse. And so they used dispersants called Corexit 9527 and Corexit 9500. The Corexit dispersant was believed to be highly toxic, not just to marine life, but also to the workers who were spraying it and locals living nearby. And so the, when BP decided to use these dispersants, the Corexits, it was controversial. But they were given authority to do so because they wanted to do something about the oil. However, what they overlooked were the effects that the dispersants had on marine life and also the people who lived nearby, including the volunteers who were working to help offset the damages done by the explosion. And so, what kind of damages, what kind of negative or adverse effect did this oil spill have upon the environment? In 2010, more than 8,332 species were impacted by what is considered the worst environmental disaster in United States history the BP oil disaster. This spill released over 210 million gallons of crude oil onto the Gulf of Mexico, making it the largest marine oil spill to date. Coastal citizens experience many health issues that are often brushed under the rug. Another 39 species, including the 14 under federal protection, are still being impacted by the spill. Over the years, $61.6 billion has been dedicated to cleanup efforts and furthering environmental protection in the Gulf's coastal cities. And so this event, not only was it destructive because of the explosion, but it also had a short-term and a long-term consequential effect, bringing harm not only to marine life, 8,000 species being impacted, but also human beings who had health issues even long after the event took place. So when we look at the date of this event, and it is a deep sea well or cistern. It produced the smoke like a furnace. We can say, well, it fits the description of Revelation 9, 1 to 2. This is why we believe that the deep water horizon oil spill is what is being described in the event in Revelation 9, 1 to 2. So it fits the timeline. It comes after 2000, right? 2010. And it fits the description of Revelation 9, 1 to 2 because it is a deep well, well in the deep sea, which is the definition of bottomless pit and smoke of a great furnace came out of the bottomless pit. However, if indeed the deep water horizon oil spill was the fulfillment of Revelation 9, 1 to 2, then the other descriptions should also fit, right? So let's go ahead and investigate and test this idea. Is it true? Could it be that this event concerning the bottomless pit, is it true that this was fulfilled in the deep water Horizon accident? Let's read now three down to six. It mentions out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth. So Apostle John, when he was writing the book of Revelation, he describes the appearance of locusts through the smoke, right? Now, of course, this is not your regular locust because of the description that the Apostle John gives in after verse 6. So, this is not your regular locust. Now, when it comes to a locust, have you ever seen a locust before? Yeah. I mean, when you see locusts flying through the air, what does that look like to you? From a distance, what does it look like? When you look at first glance, what do you see? Could it be? I mean, does it take the shape of something that's modern? That Apostle John was trying to describe, but could not use um, the, the terms that we use today because it did not yet exist during the days of the Apostle John. So in his vision, he saw something flying through the smoke and it looked like a locust. When you look at the locust, like this single locust, what does that look like to you Uh, today, knowing what we know today, right, brothers, right? Knowing that we know today, what does that look like to you? Yeah, it looks like an airplane, doesn't it? It has the wings. It has the the elongated shape of the fuselage representing the body of the insect. The locust looks a lot like a plane. Did you know when the accident at Deepwater Horizon took place? The first thing that they had to do in response to the explosion was to send planes. In response to the explosion, more than 200 aircrafts were utilized. You see the white smoke coming out from the tail of the plane? You know what that is? This person, Corexit. This is why these planes came swooping by. Its purpose was to spray the Corexit so that they can disperse the oil. And so Apostle John saw from the smoke, these planes that are coming down and the plane, the the corexit is being sprayed. That's what he saw. Well, how do we know that the planes are the ones being described by Apostle John's locusts? Well, in verses seven down to 10, he describes the appearance of the locusts. Like the faces of men, teeth were like lion's teeth, like breastplates of iron, Sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses. So when we look at the plane that was possibly used uh, during the, this operation to disperse the oil, these were the planes. This is how they looked like. And when you look at the, uh, the front of the plane by the cockpit, it does look like the face of a man. Like there's the, there's the nose, right? You see on top of it the eyes. And you see the breastplate on the fuselage. It's like the breastplate made of iron. And when you look at the front face, the front side of the plane staring at you, right, you see the propellers. The propellers were producing the sound like the sound of chariots with many horses. And it's on the wings, just like what is being described by the Apostle John. You notice the wheels on the front. It protrudes and it also retracts, and there's a front uh, wheel and a side wheel at the back, and so when it protrudes and when it retracts, it kind of resembles the fangs of a lion, and when you look at the tip, right, that's the nose, on top of it, you get the eyes, and on top of that, you get the forehead, but not only that, according to the inscription, on their heads were crowns of something like gold. And so in the description of the Apostle John, he says these locusts had a crown, and the crown was something like gold. And so one of the properties of gold is how it shines, and so it's wearing a crown made of gold. In Greek, there are two words for crown, diadem and uh, stephanos. What Greek word was used by the Apostle John? He used the word stephanos. Which means one wreath, a wreath of garland, because it comes from the uh, the, the root word "stefna," which means to twine or to wreath, and so it is like a wreath. There's a difference between a diadem and a wreath. A diadem you wear on top of your head, a wreath you wear around your forehead, like what is like what is like what you see on the picture right there. And so, Apostle John used the word wreath, and so this tells us. That the crown that he's describing on the locust is around the forehead, not on top of the head. And this looks something like the cockpit, the windows in the cockpit. It looks like the wreath that the Apostle John is talking about. And, you know, depending on the angle, when it's flying and the reflection from the sun, it kind of gives the appearance of something shining like Gold, however, Apostle John further describes it, but as having tails, and the tails were like scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, Their power was to hurt men. When the planes were sent uh, to Deepwater Horizon, its purpose was to release this person, it over the oil. Right? Where does it coming out from? The tail. And so the Corexit was coming from the tail of the locust or the tail from the plane. This was correxent 9527 and 9500. And so the tail is described as having power. What kind of power? Power to hurt men. And what, ki- what kind of ability, what kind of power that's coming from the tails of the locusts what kind of power does it have over uh, the Deepwater Horizon event? Well, when we go back to Revelation 9, 3 down to 6, it says not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the sea love, gone. And so it doesn't mention the sea. It says it doesn't harm the grass of the earth, the green thing or any tree, but it doesn't mention the sea. It does mention men. And the absence of the mentioning of sea tells us it also affects sea life. And this is exactly what happened. Uh, Many scientists such as Dr. William Sawyer, a Louisiana toxicologist argued that corrects it can be deadly to people and sea creatures alike. And so this fits the biblical description. It doesn't have an adverse effect on the trees or the land, but sea creatures and human beings, it does. Correxit components are also known as deodorized kerosene. Studies of kerosene exposure strongly indicate potential health risks to volunteers, workers, sea turtles, dolphins, breathing reptiles, and all species which need to surface for air exchanges, as well as birds and all other mammals. When Correxit mixes with and breaks down crude, it makes the oil far more bioavailable to plants and animals, critics allege because it's more easily absorbed in its emulsified state. So according to studies by these doctors and scientists, we know that the corexic component is toxic, toxic to people and toxic to sea creatures. But notice what Apostle John says, whatever sprayed from the tail of these locusts, it does not give authority to kill them. It turns out no one has died from the actual spraying of it. However, because of the spraying of it, what is experienced by men? Well, it says here, it wasn't given authority to kill them, but to torment them. And so it's bringing physical and psychological pain. The word torment includes physical and psychological, central nervous system kind of pain. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man in those days men will seek death and will not find it they will desire to die and death will flee from them so according to the apostle john the kind of torment it produces will bring sufficient pain to the point that people would just want to die instead of uh, live continue continuing to live experiencing this kind of pain and to what does apostle john like him uh, the sting or the effect of whatever is produced from the tail of these locusts or these planes. It says it's like the scorpion, the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. Anyone here ever been stung by a scorpion before? No? But what are the symptoms of um, a bite from a scorpion or being stung by a scorpion? Nausea, vomiting, high blood pressure. Accelerated heart rate, uh, restlessness, excitability, inconsolable crying symptoms, pain, numbness, uh, warmth, slight swelling. And so number one on the list, nausea and vomiting. Those are some of the symptoms of getting stung by a scorpion. And people who were exposed to the Corexit sprain, what kind of symptoms uh, did they develop? Well, turns out, um, there were a lot of effects upon human beings because of this corrective 19 months after the Deepwater Horizon explosion, a scientific study published in the peer-reviewed journal, Environmental Pollution, found that crude oil becomes 52 times more toxic when combined with it Gee, they never should have used correction in the first place. See how much toxicity it produced when it combined with crude oil? 52 times more toxic. BP applied two types of Corexit in the Gulf. The first Corexit 9527 was considerably more toxic. According to the NALCO manual which provided Corexit, Corexit 9527 is an eye and skin irritant. Repeated or excessive exposure may cause injury to red blood cells, uh, hemolysis, kidney or the liver. The manual adds excessive exposure may cause central nervous system Effects nausea, vomiting, anesthetic or narcotic effects do not get in eyes, on skin, on clothing, wear suitable protective clothing. And so because of the event at Deepwater Horizon, a new kind of disease, a new kind of physical uh, symptoms, uh, began to be developed. It was called Gulf Gulf Syndrome, something like that, a new kind of sickness. And this was because of the corexit and some of the symptoms is irritation, pain, nausea, just like the symptoms when a person is stung by a scorpion. Isn't that interesting? But not only that, not only does it have an immediate impact, it has short-term and long-term effects. What's included? The short-term health symptoms include acute respiratory problems, skin rashes, cardiovascular impacts, gastrointestinal impacts, and short-term loss of memory. Long-term impacts include cancer, decreased lung function, liver damage, and kidney damage. Jamie Griffin, a cook for the cleanup workers, was coughing up blood and suffering constant headaches and lost her voice within days. Things got much worse as time went by. And so this effect, which caused health problems, it was real, but BP wanted to kind of brush that away because they didn't want to have to deal with that, right? And so it was only years later that they discovered the medical problems, the medical effects uh, that it produced. The sprain of Corexit, and in the Jackson Free Press, a secret sickness a year after the oil spill was published. And in this publication, it mentions many people who had the sickness. One of them was Clayton Mathern, Mather, who was a professional wrestler for fifteen years. And at 295 pounds, he looks it. When I first met him, he was dying, literally dying, Uh, Robichaux says. Mathern was an engineer on a support boat near the deep water rig when it exploded. And says crew sprayed dispersants directly on top of him. Not a good idea. (laughs) Mathern wasn't provided a respirator. Since May 30, 2010, he has suffered paralysis, impaired vision, severe headaches, and he frequently coughs up blood. I don't know why things are happening like this, he says, through tears in a YouTube video dated March 25. It it seems to get worse every day. It's driving me crazy. I pray that God last night would let me die. I'm tired of suffering and tired of watching my family suffer. And there are some YouTube accounts of people who went through this. They're putting it on YouTube, and they're really crying, and they're desperate. And just like Clayton Mather, and they wanted to just put the suffering to an end because the doctors could not really explain it. They didn't know what to do with their situation. And so this fit the biblical description of torment without dying to the point that they want to die. Right. And so all the different details of the prophecy fit the event in the deep water horizon. But the Bible also mentions uh, that the authority to kill them and to torment them it lasted for five months, right? And they had tails like scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. That was the this person. Their power was to hurt men five months. What does it mean that their power uh, was to hurt men five months? It means they were given authority. Power, in the use of the Greek here, also means authority. So these people who were giving, who were spraying the dispersant, were given authority for five months. Five months of authority to spray the dispersant. So was this also fulfilled? The Bible mentions five months, and so we have to look at whether or not it fits, right? I mean, the authority to spray the dispersant, did it last for five months? Well, when we say five months, what do we mean? Do we mean the regular Gregorian five months or the biblical prophetic five months? Because when it comes to five months in prophetic in prophetic terms, in Genesis seven eleven, 11, uh, here we have a period of five months. And how many days is it exactly? In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were open. And in Genesis 8, 4, then the ark rested in the seventh month, the 17th day of the month, on the mountains of Ararat. And so in Genesis, it gives us a period of time, the second month of the 17th day of the month, And the seventh month, the 17th day of the month. So you go from the second month to the seventh month. How many months is that? Five months. And so how many days in that five months? In Genesis 7.24, the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. So in the Genesis flood account, the five months represented 150 days. So 30 days for each month. So the biblical month in prophecy, one month is 30 days, right? All right. And so let's go go ahead and take a look at Revelation 11, because the prophecy in Revelation is in Revelation, right? In, in Revelation, how do they reckon the month? In Revelation 11, 12 down to three, but uh, exclude the outer court, do not measure it because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for 42 months, and I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1260 days clothing, sackcloth. So here we have the opportunity to determine how long each month is because it mentions 42 months and the equivalent of 42 months is 1,260 days. And so using this way of reckoning, 42 months equals 1,260 days, which means one month is equivalent to 30 days, which means five months equals 150 days. Days. So in Revelation, the third, uh, fifth trumpet event, the authority to spray the Corexit was given to these people for how many days? Five months or 150 days. Now let's test this to see if it fits the deep water Horizon event. Is it in fact for five months or 150 days that they had authority to spray the dispersant? Well, for us to determine, we need to know when it started and when it ended, right? So let's go ahead and look at the Deepwater Horizon oil spill event. According to the reports of the accident, the Deepwater Horizon RP, responsible party, submitted its first request to use aerial dispersants to the FOSC at Morgan City, Louisiana. The FOSC preauthorized its use at approximately 1 p.m. on April 22, 2010. And the first aerial application began at 1700, April 22, 2010. So the authority to spray, when did it begin? 1 p.m. April 22, 2010. So that's the beginning. We now have a starting point. We need to have an ending point, right? When was it officially closed? Well, let's go ahead and citing the same reference. This is what it says. The development driller uh, three, which drilled the relief well and pumped the cement to seal the Macondo well, the source of the deep water horizon explosion and oil spill is seen in the Gulf of Mexico off the coast of Louisiana, Saturday, September 18, 2010, on the day the cementing was completed. So what they wanted to do was to cement the hole uh, the federal government's point man on the disaster said Sunday Sunday BP's well is effectively dead and poses no further threat to the Gulf. He said a pressure test to ensure the cement plug would be uh, would hold was completed at 5:54 a.m. CDT Central Daylight Time, September 19, 2010, and so it was officially sealed. And it was concluded it no longer produced or leaked out or it it didn't no longer produce any problems because it was effectively plugged and cemented officially September 19, 2010, right? So how long did that take? Well, the authority was given April 22, 2010. The authority was terminated September 19, 2010. And so how many days do you have? Precisely 150 days. This is why the uh, when it says that they had tails like scorpions and there were stings in their tails, their power was to hurt men five months, the authority they had lasted for five months. And this is exactly what happened in the deep water uh, event. This is why when you look at all the clues, the locust, the bottomless pit, the smoke, the uh, effect on the men, the time that the length of time authority was given to them. This all tells us it was fulfilled in the deep water uh, oil spill. And so one after the other, World War I, World War II, you have the Chernobyl Warmwood. you have the global dimming, and now we have the event at Deepwater uh, Horizon. And so after this event, right? After this Deepwater Horizon event, what's gonna happen next? Well, we read 7 to 10. Let's read 11 to 12. And they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon. But in Greek, he has the name Apollyon. One woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. You notice what the Bible calls (laughs) uh, the conclusion of the fifth trumpet event. What does the Bible call it? A woe. One woe is past. So the fifth trumpet are woes. The sixth and the seventh trumpet are also woes. So the last five tru- the last three trumpets is distinct from the first four trumpets. They're different because they're labeled woes. One to four was not labeled a woe, but five to seven are labeled woes. I wonder why. Do you see why? It's called woe. When you give you a hint, the first four events entirely, it was really all man made, right? When mankind basically was given freedom to do whatever they wanted, Yahuwah really stood, stood, stood back and said, okay, man, do whatever you want. And they ended up destroying each other, destroying the environment, destroying the earth, right? The fifth, the sixth, the seventh are woe events. Because at the fifth trumpet, Yahuwah is now allowing that these demons and kings of demons called devils, they're now going to be having more influence upon the affairs of men. One of which is one who is the king of the bottomless pit, right? And whose name, I believe when it says here whose name, I think that's a title. His title is Abaddon. His title is Apollyon, which means what? What could that possibly mean? The Hebrew Abaddon, the Greek Apollyon. Well, in Abaddon, Hebrew origin, it means destruction. So it fits the trumpets, right? And in Greek, Apollyon, the destroyer, the destroyer. And so this angel, this angelic influence, is who's called destruction and destroyer is going to now have a more more of an effect upon the affairs of man and upon the earth. To do what? What is this devil going to do? What is his chief purpose beginning in 2010? What is he going to do? Destroy He's going to affect nations. He's going to affect the atmosphere. He's going to affect the earth. He's going to bring destruction. It's part of the judgment that Yahuwah has for the earth. And so Yahuwah says to mankind, have it your way, do whatever you want. They destroy each other, destroy the earth. Now it's gonna be amplified because Yahuwah is gonna remove some of that hedge, which permits these evil influences to kind of have a more pronounced effect upon the earth and the people of the earth. And this Abaddon and Napoleon, if you notice, Um, when it says here in verse 11 they had as king over them the them were the locusts it's interesting because the king who gave permission for the this person to be sprayed well who was that king (laughs) i mean who was the chief commander-in-chief during the time when the Gulf of Mexico, the Deepwater Horizon oil spill took place. Who was the chief of uh, chief of arms? Who was the military chief, the king of the United States of America? What do you call that? Starts with letter P? President? It happens to be Obama, right? This is why there's this Newsweek article of uh, President Obama, November 2010. It was after the then the oil spill, and says, God of all things. You notice that? You notice his posture, right? What does, what does that posture look like to you? Obama is being described as God of all things, or his presidency is being described as God of all things, and, he, and Newsweek um, takes this picture of Obama, and using some kind of photoshop makes it looks like he has many arms and balance in such a way Do you know what that looks like that looks like shiva (laughs) right right shiva is known as the destroyer oh destroyer within the trimutri there's a hindu version of the trinity in the hindu version of the trinity you have brahma you have vishnu and you have shiva So if Brahma is the creator, Vishnu is the preserver, Shiva is the what? The quintessential destroyer. His duty is to destroy all the worlds at the end of creation and dissolve them into nothingness. It's interesting that Obama, in this picture, in the November 2010 issue of Uzi, is portrayed as Shiva, the destroyer. It's interesting, right? And there's also books about Obama and he's called the great destroyer. And there's also articles about Obama where it says that Obama from birth was the chosen destroyer of America. It's weird. I don't know if that's coincidence. Am I saying that Obama is Apollyon and Abaddon? No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what we're saying because what we're saying is the influence that the world is going to be receiving is going from is going to be not from flesh and blood, which is what Apostle Paul warned us about. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against what, right? Ephesians six, or our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rule, the rulers, against the authorities. Obama is really not the authority. Putin is really not the authority. They're but puppets, right? Who's really orchestrating everything? Who's really behind it all because Yahuwah allows them as part of the judgment of the earth, right? Who is behind all of these things? The authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spirit, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so we're, this is not an indictment against Obama. I mean, I'm not I'm in no position to make a comment about his policies, his policies. I don't even know what they are okay so this is not anything political what we're seeing is this abaddon apollyon right this devil this fallen celestial being is going to be destroying the world and to destroy the world he will use politics the nation's leaders not just in the u.s but all over the world right this is why in ezekiel if you remember, um, the king of Tyr, he is the political leader of Tyr, right? But who's behind all of his doings. It is that model of perfection who was in the Garden of Eden. Who is that? Shatan, okay? Isaiah 14, king of Babylon, who was behind it all? Lucifer. So behind the scenes, angels influence the course of nations and kingdoms like the Persian kingdom. There's a Persian, there's a prince of the Persian kingdom. Michael is the prince of Yishara, and so behind these kings and kingdoms, we have these powers that are unseen from celestial beings, and so they're kind of puppeteers. The, the, the world leaders are like puppets, and they control world affairs, and one of them that will come out, one of them that will be more influential is Abaddon Apollyon. You notice it mentions the, he is like a king over the locusts. Now, when we say that he he was the king of the locusts, we're not saying that Obama himself is Abaddon or Napoleon. But what we know is this, because of the Newsweek publication, it's like Abaddon and Napoleon, it's like they're promoting themselves, they're putting it out there. We're the, one, we're the ones behind it all. It's like we're getting clues that something is happening behind the scenes, subtle things that we cannot see clearly, but it's still there, right? I mean, would that be coincidence that Obama would be portrayed as Shiva, the destroyer? Or could it be that the influence of mass media, the influence of over world affairs, that this Apollyon, this destroyer, is the one behind it all, including what's happening in our headlines, including what's happening in social media. And so he is orchestrating these events. It's like telling the whole world, I'm in charge now, Apollyon, right? But the Bible says that he is the king over these locusts, the locusts. And what other name? I mean, who could this Apollyon and Abaddon be? Well, In Amos 7 verse 1 mentions this, the Lord has shown me and behold, a swarm of locusts were coming and behold, one of the young devastating locusts was Gog, the king. So apparently this Abaddon or Apollyon is going to influence, I mean, it will have, will also be like Gog, Gog the king. Could it be that Gog, Apollyon and Abaddon, are the same celestial angel? It's possible. It's possible his name could be Gog and his title is Apollyon and Abaddon, right? His name is Gog, but he is destroyer. He is destruction. An interesting thing about Gog is the king of demons and there's something that's going to happen. What is that? Ezekiel thirty-eight one three. the word of Yahuwah came to me, son of man, set your face against Gog, the land of Magog. The chief prince of Meshach and Tubal prophesied against him and say, this is what the sovereign Yahuwah says. I am against you, O Gog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And so we've studied this before. We know Magog refers to a place up north, right, which is Russia today, previously occupied by the Scythians. And so this is Russia today. Gog is the demonic influence, the, the king demon over the land of Magog. And he's gonna be taken over and he's going to bring destruction. And we're not surprised that Russia has been on the rise since 2010, right? 2008 was, what happened 2008? The occupied um, Georgia, then uh, 2012, when uh, Putin finished his term in 2008, but then he became president again because because of its popularity in 2012, and Russia, all of a sudden, is now the superpower again, right? Could it be that Gog is influencing that? And now we know that they have invaded Ukraine, and it could be that they're, they're poised to strike and destroy so many lands. And so could it be that Gog is influencing that today? Could be, right? Because we know that beginning in 2010, beginning in that trumpet event, the influence of Abaddon, the destroyer from Gog, who is who happens to be Gog, the influence is going to be impactful. It's going to increase destruction, not only in the political arena, because he's the force of destruction, he's also going to cause human beings to kind of destroy themselves, right? He's also going to cause nature to be destroyed, right? Because He has that kind of power. And I don't know if you notice this, but have you noticed like an increase in mass shootings lately? Right? I mean, this is a chart of the one on the left. It says the total number of mass shootings and the one at the bottom are the years. You notice that big jump beginning in 2012 or 2011? Right? I mean, this is like a massive jump. A massive jump. It started like around after 2010. And today we know because even this year, 2022, it's like every day there's news about some kind of mass shooting, Walmart or some uh, schools, concert, right? It's happening. How about natural disasters? Is the number of major natural disasters increasing? This is a, uh, a graph. You notice how there's this big jump beginning in 2010, right? The frequency of disaster declarations, this is from USA facts, is the number of major natural disasters increasing. From that same article, they go on to say, eight out of the 10 years with the highest number of natural disasters occurred in the last decade, the last decade. Because when you compare 1980, for example, at the bottom paragraph in 1980s, uh, there were a total of 30, $31 billion uh, natural disaster events in 2010s. It's 128 in two thousand ten in the 2010s, 128 such events. And so we know something happened in 2010. This is increase in violence, increase in disasters, increase in potential wars that will result in the destruction of humanity. Who do you think is behind that? Apollyon, Abaddon, Gog. And Magog is gonna be a major player all the way until Revelation 20. I mean, even Revelation 20, Gog and Magog is mentioned, right? Even after the millennium, Gog and Magog is still mentioned. So we know somehow Russia is playing a major role. It's playing a major role in end time events. This is why we're not surprised we're hearing about Russia today. Don't be surprised because they're mentioned often, not only in Ezekiel, but also in the book of Revelation. And so, when it comes to destruction, <laughs> there's something that also I want to bring up before we conclude, and that's CERN, the Large Hadron Collider. I, I don't know if you're familiar with CERN, but it's a particle accelerator there in Geneva, and its purpose is to smash particles together, subatomic particles, because the purpose of CERN, uh, the Large Hadron Collider, it's the world's largest and most powerful. Uh, It first started up September 10, 2008, and remains the latest addition to CERNs. The LHC consists of a 27 kilometer uh, ring of superconducting magnets with a number of accelerating structures to boost the energy of the particles along The way, so the purpose of particle accelerators is to determine the component parts of uh, atoms. And so what they do is they smash protons together or other subatomic particles. What they do is they um, send one particle one way and another particle the other way. And they go through these circular tunnels really, really fast, almost the speed of light, right? And so they go really fast and then they collide against each other. And so they break apart. These subatomic particles break break apart so to understand the basic building blocks of reality for them to understand how we're all built they want to destroy it and so you destroy the building blocks to understand what the fundamental parts are and so they're producing a lot of energy to destroy these subatomic particles and it's releasing a lot of energy at the same time and the reason why i bring that up is because According to the Director for Research and Scientific Computing at CERN, uh, his name is Sergio Bertucci, this is what he says, a top buffin bo- at the Large Hadron Collider says that the Titanic machine may possibly create or discover previously unimagined scientific phenomena or unknown unknowns, for instance, an extra dimension. Out of this door might come something, or we might be sending something through it, says Sergio Tolucci. And so the belief is they don't really know what's going to happen when you keep increasing, you know, the the length of the the tunnels around which the the particles are swirling around. China is in the process of building a bigger one because they want to produce a lot more energy. They want to smash more particles together with more energy because something might happen. You never know what's going to happen. And then there are people, I mean, I don't know if how credible it is, but there are people who put out there that it's possible when you have enough energy that you, sh- that you smash together, it kind of opens up a different dimension. It opens up a portal of some kind. I don't know. But the reason why I bring this up, it's not because of that. The reason why I bring this up, outside of CERN, you know what the relic is outside of CERN? Do you know what they have right in front of it? If you can call it a mascot or maybe a a symbol of inspiration, do you know what it is? It's right there. It's Shiva, the destroyer. That is CERN's mascot. Although most corporations shun any connection with religion and the spiritual world, CERN has chosen as its mascot a Hindu goddess Uh, But not just any Hindu goddess, just outside of its headquarters building sits an ancient statue of Shiva, ancient Apollyon, the goddess of destruction. Isn't that weird? Could that be coincidental? Could be, right? But you know what's even more troubling? When you look at the logo of CERN, for example, go to their website, CERN, right? That's their logo. That's the logo. What does that remind you of? The logo of CERN. (laughs) It's really like a particle accelerator. You see the tunnel? You see, you have like a straightaway tunnel and it goes round and round and round. I'll give you a a magnified version of the logo. What is it? What do you see? (laughs) Look at that. Does it look like 666? (laughs) When you separate the three sixes out, does it look like 666? You got 666, you got Shiva, I don't know. Could that be coincidence? Could Apollyon, could God be influencing all of this? It could be. One thing we know is what happens after the trumpets, fifth trumpet, are woes. One woe is passed. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. And from this bottomless pit, when the sixth trumpet is open, one of the events that will happen, okay? One of the events that will happen, which is the second woe, part of the second woe, is this, Revelation 11. When they finish their testimony, who's that? The two witnesses. And so this will happen during the time of the two witnesses. The beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit. Will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And so, this influence, this evil influence, this destructive influence that, that began in the fifth trumpet event is going to get stronger. And out of the abyss, out of the bottomless pit, will come forth the beast. And this beast will kill the two witnesses. And then, afterwards, all of the sorrows of men the wrath of Yahuwah will be unleashed after the seventh trumpet. And so we know that when the fifth trumpet sounded, we can expect destruction. Two things that we need to be watching for when the end is about to come. Two things. Number one, destruction, because that's gonna happen. Because the destroyer has been given permission wreak havoc upon the face of the earth destruction number two deception right destruction and deception are the two things that we need to be aware of because if we're not aware of them we're not going to be able to overcome them we could be defeated this is why when all these things are happening when all of these events are taking place what should we do Let's read the final passage of our studies today. Luke 21, 25, 28, the coming of the Son of Man. Uh, There will be strange things happening to the sun, the moon and the stars. On earth, whole countries will be in despair, afraid of the roar of the sea and the raging tides. People will faint from fear as they wait for what is coming over the whole earth. For the powers in space will be driven from their courses. And the Son of Man will appear, coming in a cloud with great power and glory, when these things begin to happen, stand up and raise your heads because your salvation is near. You know, when more and more people are fainting from fear, when the whole countries, the countries of the world are in great despair and are afraid of climate-related natural disasters, one after the other, When people are suffering, Bible says we need to stand firm and we need to look up. What does that mean to look up? It means we place our hope and trust not in human wisdom, not in human power, but in the power of the son of man. Who is that son of man? Our king, Yahushua. Because when all these things are happening, it means only one thing. It means your salvation is near. Brethren, All the signs are being fulfilled. The fifth trumpet has been blown. The fifth trumpet has been blown. The destroyer is here. The deceiver is here. Look up. Because when we look up, we will find the truth. And when we look up, we will overcome the destroyer. He will protect us. Yahweh will protect us. He will keep his people safe. This is why in that passage in Revelation, I don't know if you noticed this, but when the locusts were spraying, there were people who will not be harmed. Who were they? Those who have the seal of the living God. What is the seal of the living God? That is the sign of the Holy Spirit, which proves that we belong to Yahuwah. And how can we be sealed? When we place our trust in the Son of Man. You see, brethren, it's so easy nowadays to place your hope in science, in medicine. There's nothing wrong with receiving medical treatment. We're not saying don't do that. But let's not place our trust and hope in what human beings are able to do. Yes, human beings have progressed in knowledge and science and technology. But let's not place our hope in human beings. Let's not place our hope in human power, human strength, human capability, or human wisdom. Instead, place our hope in Yahuwah and His Son, Yahusha. That's what it means to look up. And when we do that, we have the seal of the living God. Those who have the seal of the living God, they're protected. They are protected. And we will have the promise of life everlasting. This is our lesson. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Almighty and loving Abba, gracious Yahuwah Allahim in heaven. Thank you for blessing your people with hope. We know so many are in turmoil, in desperation because of what is happening. The economy is collapsing. The disasters of the world are increasing. Wars and rumors of wars continue to reach our ears. But Father, we know we are safe in your hands. We have no reason to be afraid and every reason to be rejoicing because we know salvation is at hand. Help us, Father, to prevail. Help us to endure. Help us to persevere. Help us, Father, to know your truth, to be preserved by you until the end. Our King Yahushua, while we still have time, while we still have the opportunity, we are thinking about the people we love, members of our family, have they been sealed already? Our working Yahushua, may you please teach us how to reach them when you see us doing our very best, sharing our faith, when you see us praying for them, reaching out to them, use us as your instruments. But we know our words do not matter much. It is their experience with you. Please do something with them. That will cause them to look to you, to make you their king and shepherd, to make you their only leader. Mm -hmm. Please, loving Yahushua, while we still have the opportunity, do something miraculous, do something wonderful. Mm -hmm. That all of us can be fully convinced, everything that's happening, it is for our own good. That we will be taken to you because in you, we will find safety. Mm -hmm. We will find salvation. Father, bless your people throughout the world. We may be going through suffering. May you please give us enough wisdom, enough comfort and strength to bear and endure all of them. We believe, Father, you have listened to our prayers. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.